Welcome to Homestyle with Shana Blaze. Thanks to Red Energy, born and bred in Melbourne with a customer solutions team based here. Switch to Red Energy today. And welcome to Homestyle with Shana Blaze. I'm your host, Jane Neild, and we are here, of course, thanks to Red Energy, born and bred in Melbourne. That's Red Energy. Now, we have been asking you for your questions here on Homestyle because who wouldn't want a little bit of advice from Shana Blaze, interior designer, author, TV presenter, one of the judges on the block, and now sadly, previously former interior designer on Selling Houses Australia. Also coming up, on, uh, are we allowed to mention the new oh, show, the well, Celebrity Apprentice, Shana? Yes, the um, <laughs> the ads just came up very recently and um, we, we filmed it last year. So it was um, towards the end of t- 2020. Um that we did it. So to see it ready to on screen now, it's almost like, oh, my God, I've almost forgotten what happened. Um, so, so give us the premise. Look, to be honest, yeah. I have not watched The Celebrity Apprentice. It was not on my radar for the last few years. I know yeah. it's incredibly successful. For anyone like me who has been living under a rock, what's the basic premise? I, I have to say it's, it is one of my fave shows. So to right. be involved was just such a buzz. And to be on the other side of the camera was just, you know... I was actually a contestant, so that was quite frightening. Um, But the premise is that you've got, you know, celebs, you know, in inverted commas, we're all sort of a so-called celeb, what people think we are. Yes. And um, we actually do challenges as teams and a team wins a challenge and a team loses a challenge. So there's a project manager on both of them Mm -hmm. and the project manager of the winning team, whatever money they raise goes to their actual charity and then the team that loses the project manager goes to the boardroom and has to select two other people to take take in with them and um, one of them goes home. So you have to get in the boardroom and state your case why you should not leave. I have to say that um, Lord Sugar, you know, comes across as quite gruff. He's, yes. he's actually very lovely but very fair. I felt like I was a 12-year-old at high school in the, <laughs> in the principal's room. Like it's just you're a grown woman, you run a business, you you you're a mother and you tell people off and all of a sudden you're in this room and you just go to water and you go, what is wrong with me? <laughs> Turning the tables on you getting stuck into the block contest. Totally. <laughs> and that was a big thing too for me. It's like, oh, okay, this is, can I put myself through that uh, of actually being on the other side? So it was it was very interesting. I love a challenge and um Gotta say, it was a challenge. Yeah, well, (laughs) did you make some good um, connections with some of the other contestants? Because you feel like anyone on reality TV is like, we're going to be the best friends forever now. I'm assuming as professionals, you wouldn't have been quite as taken with the rest of them. Look, I I think everybody, what amazed me is because of of lockdown of COVID, you had so many people that weren't working. And so the calibre of who said yes was quite high. To have that amount of um, people in the one space was quite daunting and, and actually quite intimidating. But what I love about it is that everyone there was there for their charity and no one had a token charity and it felt very real. And so we all bonded in the in the fact that everyone was there for the right reasons. And I've got to say that we all still message each other. We've got our original group that we were in and then we've got our Melbourne group and absolutely just, yeah, I, I loved it. I loved it. Oh, I cannot wait to see it. And yeah, the promos have really got me sucked in. <laughs> That's good because I need a new TV series and oh. um, 
You'll love it. I, I absolutely fast-paced crazy. Also noticed on your Instagram that you uh, slipped off a few weeks ago to the Melbourne Comedy <gasps> Festival. Give it, look, I know this is a design podcast, yes. but life is about making sure you put elements into your life to give you that light and shade. Yes. So who did you see? Well, I went and saw Ross Noble, who was yes. actually on Celebrity Apprentice. Uh-huh. Yes. And um, he's a Melbourne Melbourne guy, so it was really great to catch up with him, but it was great to be in live theatre. And to tell you the truth, I've watched Ross on Spicks and Specs and I've watched him on TV, Comedy Festival. I've never been to his live show. I know his crazy genius mind from working with him on the show, but to see him in action on fire was just Incredible, and I was just had tears of laughter, and then it was just how his mind works, and he's just this one person on a stage, and he's got you for an hour, and you're just mesmerised. But you know, it, just the energy to be in that room again, where it, it's it's live theatre, it's live music, it's live something, and you just forget the laughter, you forget the energy, you forget the perk it gives you. So, you know, I know the Comedy Festival's finished now, but I highly recommend anyone, if you get a chance to go see a band, go see a play, go see some live comedy, just do it. It's the Mm. injection we all need to get us out of our funk. And I guess that your laugh in a big theatre full of people, he would have known you were there too. (laughs) Shani, you do have one of the most distinctive laughs in Australia. Yeah, sorry about that. (laughs) I think you're completely right though. If you are still feeling the effects and like we know and we talked about it on this show that lockdown did hit us all pretty hard. If you you just need that feeling to remember that that human connection, as much as we can work at home and we can do everything from home these days, it is great to be around other people enjoying social. Absolutely. (laughs) Just having that laugh where you've got tears rolling down your face and your tummy hurts the next day. Oh, my God. (laughs) We'll take that as a recommendation for Ross Noble. You're listening to Homestyle with Shana Blaze. Thanks to Red Energy, born and bred in Melbourne. That's Red Energy. We have thrown open the questions to our Homestyle listeners this week. You can send a question to Shana and myself, podcast at sen.com.au. Are you ready to tackle our first question, Shana? And I want to start by saying, like, I have not given you four warning of these. No, I know. And they're pretty long emails. (laughs) I really love the fact that, you know, this is just your experience. This is not you at home Googling going, oh, how can I come up with an answer for someone? So this is off the top of the head. First one comes from David Lyle in the eastern suburbs of Melbourne. Hi, Shana. Thanks so much for the podcast. Best friend Shelley put me onto it and I really enjoyed the discussion. It was also a highlight to hear you chatting with Andrew Winter from Selling Houses really uh, recently. Great to get to know him a little better. I would love your advice Advice asked David on sprucing up my office. I manage a small accounting firm with about 12 staff, and after after we all had to work from home last year during COVID, I feel like we need to do something to brighten up the office and perhaps even making it a bit more homey and inviting. The general feeling is that compared to being in the comfort of home, the office is a bit drab and sterile. Without spending tens of thousands of dollars, are there some relatively simple suggestions that you could make that might make the place feel a little bit more inviting? For context, whole place is painted in standard office greys and we have three separate office spaces and then some open plan sections have a fair bit of space so there's room to add furniture plus a good sized staff kitchen. Thanks for the show, David. You know what? As I'm reading that, um, you know, the, the old, you know, accounting firm. 
<laughs> and um, the, the, the grey. And I have to say, I've walked into many accounting firms with that drab feel. And because everybody's just focusing on the numbers, focusing on that work. And, you know, I think the key elements of, of what um, David has said in there is the comfort at home and not making it feel drab and there's a good place to add furniture and a staff kitchen. Mm. What I would start to do is to look at how your staff want to connect again and that kitchen and that seating area, I would put it to the staff. What do you want when you come into yeah. work? How do you want to, can, you know, should we all have lunch together or are we sort of like stagger times? And look at maybe integrating the seating furniture near the kitchen area rather than having sort of like an office breakout area. You could actually have this beautiful environment where you have a kitchen that has a bench space like you would at home. So you actually yep. have stools around the kitchen bench rather than making it look like an office one where, you know, you have your fridge, you have your cups of tea, you have your little um, U-shaped bench and it blocks everything off, you know. Look at having some stools there like a family kitchen. And then what you could do is, you know, what I would do is is put some timber in there. Maybe put a, a timber look bench top. Don't do it in the cabinetry because if you're on a budget, the the timber look cabinetry doesn't look great. But you could mm. put a timber look um, bench or an actual timber bench on there, which look beautiful. Or make it all white and have lots of timber accents, and that will give a beautiful, nurturing, warm feel. Um, olive green is a beautiful olive and sage greens are quite beautiful. Mm. They're calming, but they also feel natural. So I would look at furniture that would actually take on some of those sage greens, olive greens that has that calming effect and has a little bit of plushness to us. Don't look like an office furniture. Yeah, um, industrial uh, weave. Well, yeah, <laughs> you, you even um, you know just just a couple of sort of beautiful plush um, fabrics, not not velvet, nothing that's glitzy, but just something that has a, a sense of comfort that you can sit in and have a couple of little side tables. Don't do the traditional coffee table where you put books on it and that adds a barrier. No one actually uses that. No one no. uses it. So look at look at doing you know maybe four chairs that sort of are in pairs and you can move them around with a few side tables and that connects to it. And just add plants. Add lots of plants. Yes. Monsterias are so good because they trail low light. Um, Asterium lilies, I think they are. They can do low light, low maintenance. They're two that will grow very well in um, office areas because one, it adds a lot of um, oxygen into the area. They're low maintenance and you can actually see them grow before your eyes. And that sort of really makes you still good. Yeah. And I think people like working from home, what you hear a lot of people are sort of saying is they love the fact they could go out and have a coffee in the garden or something. Yeah. So look, I don't know what the situation is, but perhaps you could have a little outdoor chair or something if you've got a little courtyard out the back and somewhere yeah. for people to maybe get a bit of natural light. Yeah, I think that's a good thing. And, and also, like, if they don't have access to that, look at the natural light situation mm -hmm. in the office and um, be really careful of the um, the overhead lighting of making that, that blue fluorescent light. Look at your warm and your, your cool lighting. That that makes a really big difference. So maybe look at your, your lighting plan and, you know, a few different lamps to make it feel um, a bit more bespoke, you know, just mm. rather than just crazy overhead lighting, maybe a few different sort of um, architectural lamps sitting on the desks that make it feel a bit more private, a little bit more intimate and you work, you know, can, you know, you work together. So I think, I think the way to make it work is to get your staff together and have a chat. And I yeah. think that way it becomes a space that they want to come to every day. You didn't happen to design the kitchen here at SEN, did you? No. <laughs> 
which is where we record Homestyle. Because I was about to say, you are on the money with the bench because I have worked in radio stations yeah. where everyone who's coming in to make their lunch are standing up. People who got there first are sitting down at a low table and there is such a divide between the two. Whereas yeah. here at the South Melbourne studios, our kitchen has a really sort of height, like it's standing height bench, so that if you walk in and you're just grabbing a coffee, you actually can join a conversation or just have a quick chat without having to pull up a chair. And I mean, there's nothing more awkward yeah. than talking down to people or up at people. Yeah. yeah. So I reckon you're really right with the sort of flow of how that works, because even if you've just popped in for a glass of water, you're at the same level and you're able to join a conversation. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that, that sense of what we were just talking about, you know, going to, to shows and things like that, we want to be connected again. And if you're going into the office, you want to feel like you're going there for a reason. And it's not just about work. It's about communication. It's about camaraderie. And, you know, you, you'll start a different feel in, in the office. And so connection is everything. I was actually talking to um, someone who has actually just left a very sort of high academic position at a very big university in Melbourne. He was saying that whilst his wife was trying to convince him not to spend money buying lunch, it was those conversations he had with other people in different departments while he was standing in line to get his toasted sandwich at the yeah. at the cafe that, oh, you're doing this. Oh, oh, you're working on this project. And he's like, I miss that. If it's all on Zoom and it's always we're meeting for a reason, you don't have that casual conversation. So I guess, you know, creating spaces where people can just sort of chat with people they may not work straight next to is a good thing. Yeah. I, I, you know what? That's such a good thing about, you know, lining up for your for your food and then, you know, actually going into a place, you know, a cafe and you see the same people every day and you just slowly have a nod and have a chat. Yep. You don't work with them. So, you know, I think that's the thing that we've got to remember coming out of all this, that you know, we want we want to come to work and, and have conversations and be connected. And so look at ways that you can actually create that. David, if I can add one other suggestion, make sure you have an ample fridge space because <laughs> after being in this building when no one was here mostly during lockdown and everyone was just getting Uber Eats except for me, suddenly the fridge was full to the brim with people's lunches and it was like almost fight for fridge space. So I would say if you've got the space, make sure your staff feel very happy and like quite able to bring in leftovers and stuff because oh. that does make the kitchen a great place And can I, can I just tell you though, you, you've got to have a roster of who's going to clean out the fridge because yes. people tend to leave their food. Oh, yes. So at the end of the week, <laughs> if anyone has left their food in there other than, you know, the milk and the, all those sorts of things, it goes in the bin. Yep. Because otherwise you get there on Monday and you've got mouldy food. So just remember that one. You might have a big fridge, but if everyone doesn't take it, take it, goes in the bin. There must be rules. But David, hope that helps. It's a really interesting conversation to have. Our next question, and you can send yours in via podcast at sen.com.au on the email, is from Alana Maitland in Chatswood, New South Wales. Hi, Shana. So sad to hear you're leaving Selling Houses Australia. But I'm getting that a lot. <laughs> thanks so much for your inspiration over the years I've been watching the show. Hoping to get some tips from you about decorating a nursery. My sister is having her first baby. Unfortunately, she's been terribly sick, so she's passed the renovation duties on to me and, and my mum. As a single 20-something, I'm not exactly up with the latest baby trends, but I know she wants something gender neutral as they don't know what they're having, a boy or a girl, until the big day. Mm. How would you approach the styling? Room is good size, currently white with laminate pine look floorboards and will possibly be used as a spare room for guests sometimes. 
times. Whenever I start looking online for inspiration and ideas, everything seems to be babyish with wall murals, etc. How can I help create a beautiful space for baby without it being too cute? Any recommendations Ooh. as well for our cots and change tables? Wow, that that that's a big thing because it's it's very personal and definitely not make it babyish and gender neutral. What what, what I would turn around and do is make it no colour. Don't, mm. don't even add a sort of a, a neutral thing. You've got the basis of your floorboards and your white laminate and then I, what I would do is add lots of linens. Actually, you know, sort of like a couch that has like a very slub linen feel to it that, you know, has been treated for baby sure, know, stain, vomit stain and everything. <laughs> um, but but look at that and that way it'll be calm and inviting. And I, and I think definitely there are some incredible little cute night lights that uh-huh. actually add a lot of atmosphere. And I think that's what you should look at. You should look at some beautiful timber shelving that you can actually put um, – sh- you know, lots of night lights, but lots of sort of bits and pieces. And look at um, the ceiling of, you can do sort of clouds on the ceiling. I think that's a beautiful thing because the baby is on their back the whole time. Yeah, sure. For the first yep. three or four months. So look at having something that's quite beautiful on the ceiling rather th- rather than worrying about the walls. Keep the walls very simple because um, that will grow with time. And I, I think for me, it, it's more about the, the furniture and it's more about making sure that it's warm and inviting. I would do a beautiful rug, maybe put some colour in the rug that's, you know, a, a colour that would go in the land room in the, in the future as well. Mm, and I guess that's easy enough to send someone, even if they're in hospital, here's a picture of the rug, do you like or not? Exactly. As opposed to choosing a paint colour, for example. Yes. And and I think the only thing that concerns me is that they would use it as, here we go, um, do, 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 use it as a... Oh, as a guest it? room at as some As a point? guest room at some sometimes. If you're going to have a baby in there, I don't think it's going to be a guest room. Yeah, I guess not. So maybe that's after the baby's older or something like that. Um, so I wouldn't plan on that straight away. What what I would look at is a, a beautiful oversized chair with um, an ottoman or a footstool because it's so important to nurse the baby, um, to be able to put the baby back to bed and keep that really sort of um, neutral and not colours going over the top. Mm. I think that's really important. And then also with your, your cot and your change table. Now, there's a couple of ways you can do it. One, you can do a big call out to the people that haven't got their, that don't need the cots anymore because they can be quite pricey. And there's millions of them if you and there's look at millions Facebook Marketplace. Of them. <laughs> so I would, I would actually look at Facebook Marketplace. I would actually do a call out to friends or friends of friends about the cots and spend money on beautiful bed linen mm. and have, you know, quite a few sets of, um, you know, throws and shawls and, and invest your money in there because the cots don't have to be fancy. They just don't. They just need to be safe. And I think that's the main thing. Keep that either in a beautiful pine timber or in a, a white colour. And then you can start putting colours and textures and little bunnies and little woodland animals. I, I definitely sort of the woodland animal thing, it, it keeps it general gender neutral rather than worrying about the colours. So I think the theme of what you're looking at is a woodland feel. If you did want to go for something on the walls, um, there's beautiful wallpapers that um, are of beautiful woodland trees and little woodland animals. And I think that becomes 
sweet. It doesn't become babyish and it doesn't become kitsch and it can actually work really well for, you know, the baby till they're about two or three years mm. old. And if you do want someone to, to move in there in two or three years, um, I wouldn't worry about it because there's so many wallpapers that are peelable. Yeah, so look at peelable right. wallpapers. Wow. So what? Actually easy to get off. Yes. <laughs> you can peel them off. So I wouldn't worry about that. Um but definitely look at the lighting that, you know, you have a lamp next to the reading chair. You have a night light that's either a cloud or a bunny or a woodland animal of some some point and put a dimmer on the, the down lights. So they're mm. really important when you're looking at a nursery. So look at the warmth with the floor rug, warmth in textures, look, you know, beautiful linen. And also the change table, secondhand change table. I w- don't spend a lot of money on them. It, it, mm. It's not worth it. You can paint it. You can make it fresh. And it's all those elements of, of the lighting, the good chair and the linen that you spend money on that you'll get the most out of. Uh, just quickly, curtains block out. Like I find oh, God, you, you 100%. really want some money spent on the decent curtains, don't you? And, and you say curtains too because a lot of people think, oh, I'll just get a sheer with the a blind. The blind isn't a block out. So look at curtains that have um, a solid backing and goes at least 100 mil left and right of the architrave and that will give you a good block out. Because the last thing you want is a baby constantly waking up whenever there is a light in the room. So. Absolutely. Great advice. Look, really quickly, we've got one more from Margie in Doveton. You can send your questions to Shana, podcast at sen.com.au. Of course, this is Homestyle, thanks to Red Energy, born and bred in Melbourne. That's Ren Energy. Uh, hi, Shana and Jane. Hey, I got to mention, uh, Mother's Day is just around the corner and I want to do something special for my mum. She's just retired after 30 years as a school teacher, Woof. in which time I don't think she's ever di- updated her home. The design is definitely very 80s and 90s. We're chipping in as a family to help her do a bit of a facelift of the lounge and kitchen. However, our budget doesn't extend to a fully new kitchen. I've seen you spray paint kitchens before. Is it as easy as you make it look on TV? We've got the budget for a new couch and curtains and possibly even carpet. Where should we spend our money to make the biggest improvement? Thanks, Margie. Wow, the family must be chipping in a lot of money. Look, I have to say spending the money on the kitchen is a good place to spend it. Like, you know... Yes, spray painting is easy because the ones that we do in selling houses, someone else does it. I don't actually do it um, physically. I've done physically myself. So it depends what how much money you've got. So there's two things. I would spend money on a really good bench top. Yes, okay. And you good don't advice. have to go over the top. You can get some beautiful laminates. You can actually get some stone. Um, so I would look at new bench top. I would look at new handles. And then look what money you've got because the spraying – um, can be quite pricey. Is it thousands and thousands. It, well, yeah. it just it, look. You know what? It depends on what it's made out of. Yeah. It depends in what conditions it condition yeah. it's in, and it also depends um, the size of the kitchen. Yeah, sure. So sometimes it actually is worth to get a cabinet maker in and put new doors on. So spend the money and get new doors in laminate and a new bench top, and then you've just got all the carcass and everything sort of kept in a, you know a really contained area. So I would do a little bit of a price value on that one. Um, then the other part is where else would you spend the money on, you know, a new couch, curtains, and possibly even carpet. So they're major items to spend money on. So if your mum hasn't really spent money in those areas for all that time, I'd say. They need a lot of money spent on them. Yeah. So one is that, 
you know, if you do the couch, sorry, if you do the flooring, your curtains are going to look old. If you mm. do your flooring and your curtains, your couch is going to look old. So I think what could you live with? And and this is the only thing they they can answer is the cur- is is the carpet okay that you could actually just put a rug down yeah. where you buy the couch, and also with the window treatments, um, they're saying they've got curtains at the moment. Um, if you're going to put down a new rug and a new couch. I'd say you're going to have to do the window treatments. So look at the economical window treatments. Could it just be roll-down blinds? Could it be sheer sheer blinds? They're the most economical. Um, I, there's a company called DIY Blinds that you can order them online and they're so economical. Oh, and they writing can, this down as we speak, yeah, DIY Blinds. I've, I've used, the, I've used them. Um, no, no, Blinds Online, sorry. DIY is the kitchen company. No, Blinds Online. Um, so you can actually have all these different choices. You can order online. You do do it all yourself. So, you know, if everyone's chipping in, um, that's something you can do yourself. So I would look at that for your window treatments. I would look at a um, a couch that's going to sort of suit your lifestyle. And then I'd look at a rug if you can't afford to do the carpet. Because really, if you're going to do the carpet, you want to spend well. And you're gonna if you want to scrimp and sca- save on the carpet, it's going to maybe not last more than four or five years. So I would get a really beautiful rug, a great couch, Compromise on your um, window treatments and get a great bench top in the kitchen. I think that sounds like a fantastic start. Margie, it sounds like you've got a very generous family there. Hopefully, maybe mum will get so excited that she's retired and she's got time that she'll just decide to throw in another few thousand dollars for the budget as well. Well, that could work. <laughs> but, I, but I think all those elements would be really um, economical and make so much impact and would just really make a difference to her life if she's worked so hard for 30 years, hasn't done anything since the 1890s. She will just never want to leave. Exactly. Oh, and she might get the hunger for it. And next it'll be the bedrooms and then there'll be the bathroom. Thank you so much, Margie. Hope that's been helpful. This is Homestyle. Thanks to Red Energy, born and bred in Melbourne. That's Red Energy. Before we go, Shana, any recommendations on what you've been reading, watching, getting inspiration from? Like, you know, we're heading into sort of winter. What's getting the brain ticking over at the moment? I have to say the brain ticking at the moment is falling back in love with the cold. And because, um, you know, I, I've got a place up in Kyneton I'm working on at the moment. How's that going? Well, you know what? That's a story on its own. Next time, next, next time. Next time. But I think, you know, because it's getting towards the winter, I'm actually, what's inspiring me now is driving up there and seeing the mist. What's inspiring me is how cold it is in the morning, but then the blue skies in autumn mm. and then all the beautiful changing leaves. So nature in its beauty is really sort of inspiring at me at the moment. Um, and it's not even the cocooning. Like, you know, winter, I'm always talking about cocooning, but I'm sort of feeling the energy and the vibrancy of, like, that being woken up. Mm. So I, I think that sharpness of the, the bright blue sky in autumn, the sharpness of the oranges and golds and reds and the sharpness um, of all those contained with the mist and what's going to come out of that at the moment I, I don't know but I just I just feel like it energizing me rather than cocooning me which is mm. quite opposite to what I normally feel. Well you and I have both got new places in the country in a very similar sort of climate zone. I've got to say I've never owned a house with an oak tree in it before. Oh my god how beautiful. Oh, and watching this oak tree go from just the tips to now almost half of it is turning this brilliant red and like I don't know what to expect in the garden because I've never been there in 
in autumn yet. But you oh. are right. There is something really quite moving about just watching and observing nature do its thing, and especially in regional Victoria. So, yeah, I, I think <laughs> just just a note for anyone out there: every house that I've had, I've always used a certain window or a certain outlook and made sure I did a spectacular tree or spectacular flowers um, so that when you look out that window, it makes you smile. Mm. And I, that's, I implore anybody with any window that has either a balcony, a front door, somewhere that you have this outlook, really look at the garden that can make you smile. Mm. It, it, it really just gives you so much back. Yeah, when I was like, which bit do I start on on this 2.6 acres? I'm like, yep, the one that is straight out the kitchen window that I sit at that table. I totally agree with you yeah. on that. Work in progress, but I'll send you some photos. I <laughs> love it. <laughs> if you've got a question for Shana, like Margie, like Alana and like David did, send them through to the email podcast at sen.com.au. Follow Shana on Instagram, Facebook and Twitter. Celebrity Apprentice coming up very, very soon. So set your digital recorders for that one. And we will join you again next time. Next episode, we're going to chat with Dale and Sophie Vine, former contestants on the block, Shana. I know they're favourites of yours. Oh, look at that. They were in the very first series that I was in. So I feel like we've grown up together. Can't wait to catch up with them again. It'll all come your way on Homestyle. Subscribe, rate and review the show. It is all thanks to Red Energy with a customer solutions team based here. Switch to Red Energy today. Thanks for listening to Homestyle with Shana Blaze. Thanks to Red Energy, born and bred in Melbourne with a customer solutions team based here. Switch to Red Energy today. Hello, it's Stavros from O'Brien Real Estate. Want to know what's happening in real estate? Join me on Under the Hammer. Market trends, boom suburbs and what to do if you're buying or selling. We've got it all on Under the Hammer. Red Energy's podcast lifestyle series. Available from wherever you get your podcasts and the SEN app.